0: You are listening to the Startup Playground, show where I invite entrepreneurs, startup founders and game changers to talk about their success stories, learn from their mistakes and hear about their interesting experiences. Hello, sweet listener. Today, we have founder at Design by Wit Martin Levdansky Wit in the sweet seat to tell us about his experience within the startup environment. As always, I'm your host Elvis, and this is the sweet hour. What they do is they create tokens of happiness, which are designed to make you happy. They are daily reminders that there is always a reason to smile. However, there must be a deeper meaning, so let's find out more from Martin himself. Hi, Martin. Hi, Elvis. Nice to meet you here, and thank you for having me. Nice to meeting you, too. Finally, you know, finally arranged this meeting.
1: Yeah, yeah, we had some obstacles, but that's all about being an entrepreneur, you know? So that, That's how it is. How are you doing today, by the way? I'm doing
0: fantastic. Happy as always, So, and happy to have you here. Great. Thanks for having me. What does it mean being an entrepreneur in this fast-paced world, Martin? Well,
1: I think it's something about actually being yourself. Because an entrepreneur, you you have the chance to actually control your time. Time for me is very valuable. And you have the opportunity to to decide yourself how you want to spend it. And actually, it's an opportunity to do what, what really makes you happy, at least in my case. Are you happy? Basically, I'm happy. I'm a very positive person. Of course, I also have my off days. Otherwise, it would be unnatural. In general, yes, I'm a happy person. Great. Could you tell me more about
0: yourself, please?
1: Yes. Well, like to start with the basics, I'm 38 years old, been an entrepreneur for almost more or less five years. Before that, I actually had a normal job. I was a real estate agent just got married which is also a big step when you're especially an entrepreneur when you are used to control your own time suddenly you're two persons but it's it's working out amazingly then as i said as a person i'm very optimistic i'm very positive i'm also very impulsive i'm very impatient which can be a challenge but also a gift in general i'm i think i'm a curious person i'm not good with routines so that's also maybe why i turned out to be an entrepreneur Every day is a new day and, and, you know, you don't have these kind of routines that you might end up in in other kinds of professions. Okay, so you are a routine-free person. You could say that. Like, of course, some routine is good, but, but for me to do the same thing over and over, day in, day out, it wouldn't work. I have
0: seen that you have been on Dragon's Den.
1: Yes, exactly, yeah. Can you tell me more about it? Well, that was an exciting experience, especially because you see how there the dragons or the lions in the cave there. They can be towards entrepreneurs who haven't prepared themselves good enough. But it was a very learningful experience to me. I learned a lot, both before I entered, because you really need to go into all the details about your business. Like in in general, on a daily basis, I'm very creative. I know my creative business, but all the numbers don't necessarily know them by heart so you really need to go into all corners of your business which is a good exercise during the show you also learn how to present yourself how to present your idea in a very precise way and afterwards it actually opened up for some actual investment talks with their besides from the from the lions it's it opened up for talks with other investors which was also very interesting and we're still having feeling the effects of it and then again, on the other hand, branding wise, it was amazing. Like suddenly you walk on the street and people recognize your whale everywhere. They've seen it somewhere and they say hi and, and stuff. So that's really good for business. Also, we definitely saw it in the web shop.
0: So it was a very nice experience for me, at least. So. I have never been to Dragon's Den. I just seen, you know, from TV. That's all I know so far.
1: Yeah, but, but it was interesting. I would also say before you go in, prepare, but uh, you, you can have some very nice experiences with it. Could you tell me what are your personal life goals? To put it basically, like I've thought a lot about this also. Basically, it's to be happy. And maybe it sounds a bit too fluffy. or what you say to not to be like, like it's not serious enough, but basically that's my life goal, to be happy. We're here, maybe once, and it's to be happy. Then it's also to, uh, like work-wise, it's also to try and create something that's bigger than yourself. I didn't feel that in my previous occupation, but here I'm trying to create something that will actually be bigger than myself, that would influence others out of my sphere, would you say? And then also like to inspire other people. So that that would be one of the, the main goals. And then also... Basically, to end up having tons of memories. I have a very good friend, and and we have uh, promised each other that we really want to be rich when we get old, but not necessarily rich on money. Would be nice, but that's not the goal. The goal is to be rich on the memories. We want to be the crazy guys on this nursing home when we get old that tells all these stories about amazing stuff we experience during our lifetime. So, to have a happy, meaningful life that could, in the best case, inspire others to also have happy lives.
0: I know that for a lot of people, money is not the deciding factor. And I see that it's not also for you, right? True. So the key of life is the happiness.
1: Actually, a funny story. When I grew up, I was very focused on money. I wanted to be a businessman. I wanted to make tons of money. And then I had this uncle of mine, kind of a mentor also. And he tried to teach me age 12, 14 years old, that money is not everything. And I was like, but you can buy big houses. You can do whatever you want. You can have the cash you want. And he tried to tell me money is not everything. And back then it didn't make sense to me. I just wanted to make a lot of money. But today I'm much more wiser, I think. And, and today it's much more about having a happy life, actually. Whether you're rich or poor, I don't think it's the most important thing. But to do something that makes meaning, gives meaning to you, that's that's the good thing. That's what makes you happy. So, And I think if you does something that makes you happy, you create a business. You should put your passion into it. Maybe the money will follow.
0: You never know. So for business, it has to be passion.
1: Yeah, that's definitely the, the most important ingredient I think you can put into a business is passion.
0: Okay. Uh, what's your driving force of becoming an entrepreneur?
1: That's passion. But what, what is the passion towards? What do you say? What is the passion driven by? To me, it actually, it's freedom. I was going through actually a process about a little bit mindfulness. It was like a eight-month course about getting to know yourself. And actually there, we had some very good coaches. Normally, I'm not so good with these coaches because, you know, they just put you in a box and I don't like that. But, but I actually talked to some of them who really got to me, or what you say. And there, we actually found out, or I found out, that freedom is my main motivation. Freedom to do whatever I want when I wake up in the morning, if I want to sleep late, if I want to get up, if I want to go right or left, you know. I don't like anybody else telling me what to do, actually. I have a wife, so, you know, I'm limited a little bit, but no, we have a good teamwork. But my main motivation or passion would be to to be free, actually, to do what I want. This is what
0: I really enjoy in my my business today. Okay, you said you have a wife. Do you also have children? We don't have children. We have Walter. (laughs) Walter is almost like a children. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay, okay. Could you tell me more about your business? In this case, uh, in what industry does your business operate? We mainly, I would say, we, we started out as a pure design. So
1: we were a design business, we were creating this Happy Whale, which was, still is, an interior design. But then as the business developed, we were more into storytelling. We created a book and now more books are coming. And they go very much alongside each other. So it's, it's a design business developing into more storytelling business. So it's a full concept of this happiness. So I would say we are both in design business, but also in the kind of publishing business.
0: Okay. Because before I was coming here, I was uh, checking up your Facebook page and also the WIT Facebook page. And it was mentioned that the category that the business is under is basically home decor. Mm-hmm. yeah that's true right
1: yeah exactly that's kind of the interior design
0: yeah but then it's the books yeah and that's
1: but the books is kind of a new like like we evolved a little bit the first book is in the market but we're still kind of in the in the introduction phase so we still we haven't changed their the category on the on the web page because it's still the main the main thing is still the design of, of Walter the happy whale and the book is basically just building the storytelling around the design, so you know what the whale stands for, actually.
0: Okay. Also, I checked that uh, you just also mentioned yourself that you are making the Walter the Happy Whale figures, right? But also, I checked uh, on your Facebook page, it is mentioned that you also produce Hannibal the Shark and the Royal Lifeguard.
1: Exactly. And Vera the Whale. We have several designs. We actually have more to come. But this is also something you learn and as I guess we're talking a little about today how to start your business. And in the beginning, I thought just launch everything, you know. I can do Royal Lifeguards, I can do Happy Whales, Happy Sharks, some other designs that I can't talk about here now, still secret. But then I I found out, I talked to some mentors who helped me and it's actually very difficult as a startup to create lots of characters. Like you want to build storytellings around all your characters but when you have very limited marketing budgets Very limited teams, it's really difficult. So I was advised to focus on one thing, and that was the first thing, the main thing, and that was Walter the Happy Whale. But since we were also getting started, for me it was a little, the concept would be too poor if you go into the website and all you see is a blue whale. So we thought, why not put in all the other designs as well, and then just have to focus on Walter. So you will actually get the experience that that you're talking about now. You know something about a happy whale. You go into the website and you see, ah, these guys actually also have a happy shark and a royal lifeguard. But the idea is a little spoiler alert. The next book will be about Hannibal the shark. So that's also a way to introduce him and to introduce the audience to the other designs. So we have several other things, of course. So, but again, it's a branding strategy to talk about walter the whale all the time so if i may
0: ask uh, why whale and why walter i mean walter whale yeah
1: it started with a whale and then walter came we needed to come up with a name but first of all why a whale i was sitting drawing uh, in the beginning and then and, and the idea was to get something that wasn't like like actually we had also the royal lifeguard but he's a very danish design like the tourist likes it but it's it's a danish product like So if we went with, let's say, the swan, which is the national bird of Denmark, it would be meaningful to Danish people. But we wanted to hit something international. When I started this business, I had very big ambitions, you know, still have. We wanted to be a world brand. And actually, the funny thing about whales is they don't belong to anybody. Like we have whales sometimes even in Denmark. You see them in Australia. You see them in Alaska. You see them all over. And the whale is also kind of a mysterious animal. Like everybody knows what a whale is, but very few people have actually seen a real life whale. And the people who have actually seen it might have been lucky to have just seen the tail, or see it come up to make a blow or something. So it's it's kind of a mysterious animal and uh, and there was something about the shape I liked and, and, and again it traveled all over the world. So that's why we went with this this creature because it, it belonged to us all, kinda. Of. So there was no limit
0: in in that way. The last time we met with you in networking event, you also mentioned something about whale adoption, that you have adopted a whale.
1: We have adopted a real whale. Yeah, yeah. Is it true? <laughs> it's true. Salted the whale. It's it's an amazing concept. It was actually introduced to me by, uh, by a mentor and a teacher at this uh, school of entrepreneurship. When I met her the first time, she said, ah, but you guys, you should kind of adopt a whale. And I was like, oh, can you do that? And she said, I have no idea, but that's up to you. And then I went home and I googled. And I actually find different organizations, but a really nice one, the, the WDC, the Whale and Dolphin Conservation. And they actually have this concept where you can adopt a whale. So you don't get it in your own, own backyard. It's not here in the, in the bathtub. <laughs> but it's alive, it's, it's swimming, and it's well, and it's out, out in the real ocean. But this organization just supports the, the whale life, also the dolphins, obviously. But they, they make a lot of awareness, they do a lot of work. For instance, they're making huge natural parks in the ocean because as the poles are a little bit melting, uh, the, the traffic of the, the boats, the, the big ships, are actually interfering a little bit with the mating areas of these whales. So these guys are protecting these areas. So, so they're really doing a lot of very nice things for the whales, also regarding all the plastic in the oceans and all these campaigns. So I've been working close together with them, and, and actually the whale that we adopted, it's also featured in the book. We asked the organization there if, if it was okay, because they're not that known here in Denmark. And they thought it was an amazing idea. They checked up on the book uh, that we didn't do any harms to the whales uh, <laughs> while creating the book. Um, so yeah, we, we adopted, sold the whale, so that's so really nice. Was it, was it hard adopting a whale? The hard the thing was that we wanted our little whale, Walter the Happy Whale, to adopt it. And normally, as I say, they only go with like a person like you or me or a business. And in this case, we wanted, spoiler alert again, walters a fictional character. Uh, we wanted Walter to adopt the whale, but uh, they talked to the legal department and they really loved Walter the Happy Whale. So we got an adoption paper where it's actually Walter the Happy Whale, who's, who's the adopter, what do you call it? But otherwise, it's it's easy. You can go into their web shop. I would recommend everybody to do so. Like it's they they do amazing job and it's quite easy actually to get the whales if you just know where to look for it.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I've heard, also heard that you know the, um, the whales are kind of extinct now, and they're also protecting because they're you know a lot of people are kind of taking them, eating them, and you know
1: exactly. Yeah, there's lots of issues.
0: Yeah. Uh, can you call yourself a startup? Are you a startup basically? What do you mean, at the stage we're at now? Yeah, right now.
1: I think uh, the, the legal terms is that you can be a startup for five years. So we're still within that limit. I think we have si- still six months to go as a startup. But it's actually an interesting question because since I started, you know, you are a startup. In your mind, you are a startup, you're a startup, you're a startup, and you've been taught you're a startup. You go to incubator where you're a startup. But suddenly you get to a stage where you actually turn into a business because you, you cannot be a startup for 20 years. So you actually need to change your mindset at some point. And and for me, it started a little bit a year ago. We started talking to some investors and they also were very clear and saying, super cool, you're a startup right now. But as long as we develop this business, you will turn into a business. And in, in the end, you will not be a startup anymore. So it's a little bit like growing up, you get more responsibilities. Also because as a startup, you're more free, you can do more, maybe screw ups. People still see you as a, Let's say a child, you're know, in the business, you're a startup, you can, you're allowed to make mistakes. But as you grow, you know, you, you get an audience, they, they get the expectations for your products, for your services. So you need to be more professional. But Officially, we're still a startup and we're still in the category of startups. I would say we're on a stepping stone right now, taking the next steps into adulthood, or would you say? <laughs> Are you ready for that? I think so, I hope so, um, like it's, uh, I think so, yeah, we, we learned a lot and, and we became more professional and we also developed the whole concept and we also developed
0: new products, so yeah, I
1: would, I would say so, we're,
0: we're getting okay. there. <laughs> and could you tell me, since we are talking about you, startup and stepping stone, what are the biggest obstacles within your startup? Well,
1: honestly, it's uh, like for many others as well. I think it's sales. Sales is the main thing, like, and it should be from your wake up to you go to bed. And, and even though you may have have good sales, you need more sales. Like that's that's the only way to survive. That's the only way to develop and evolve. Or, because you get to a stage where you actually maybe make enough sales to actually have your business going. But then you need to develop. You need to have new products and. Everything costs money. It's like we were just talking a little bit about equipment as you put up. You start with one mic, then you need two mics, then you need the sound system. Like you need to develop and that costs money. So you need the sales. So for me, as for everybody else, you know, we're very happy with all the followers we have, all the, the happy people who's who's buying our product, but we all the time we need more and more. And an issue or not an issue an, an obstacle is is Denmark. It's a perfect country to start up. We have all the right benefits. Only problem is we're only 5 million people. So it's, it's a small country. So quite early in the process, you need to look to other markets. Like you need to look, like for instance, for us, like Germany or Sweden or maybe not Britain anymore. We, we're still thinking about that. We, we started a little bit, but but uh, <laughs> we need to think about what's what's going on over there. But it's just really important to, to develop all the time. And uh, so, so that, that, I would say, is the biggest obstacle. Then another one for us is the team. Right now, I'm spending all my time on it, all my resources. I have a wife who has a full-time job, but since she's married to me, it's difficult not to talk about whales. She's very much into PR and marketing, so she's helping. But uh, then we have interns and, and, and we have different people helping, with some board members. But really to grow the, the team, and that's again, here comes the sales as a, as a relevant issue, because if you don't get enough sales, you don't have the finance to cover another paycheck. So yeah, I would say that the the team and, and the sales are like the main obstacles.
0: You, you you spoke about the team, but you didn't mention how big is your team. Well,
1: it's it's a small team. It's me, me and Walter and my wife. Uh, we we're the main 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 core here. Then we have some interns, but they, as you say, come and go. I have some some close advisors, but basically that's more or less it. We have some some people also helping with the social media and and these things but we're looking for people who could help us sell and help in the design division actually but uh, again the sales you know so it's it's a small organization which is also nice we we like we had more people coming in at some point but you also sometimes need to focus and, and see who's the right how does the right team look
0: also before i also coming here i also saw that you have won some prizes yeah and i wanted to congratulate for the latest one uh-huh, the second place much. for creative business Denmark. Yeah, thank you very much. But tell me, how did you come up with your business idea?
1: Uh, well, long story short, I used to be a real estate agent, but I wanted something more. Like I wasn't free. Somebody else was telling me what to do and to come in. But I was actually uh, looking for something to do by myself. And for me, it actually I had to go full circle. Yeah, I'm born and raised in the countryside. My father has a little wooden workshop. I've been in here in Copenhagen as a real estate agent. But then I needed something more. And actually, it's very nice to go to the countryside where my parents live and go to this wooden workshop to make different stuff. And, and up there, something happened. You know, that, that was where I was uh, relaxed. It, it was not so stressful. And there, you know, I, I saw these other designs that was made. And then, then we basically just I had a cousin. We still have a cousin. She, she works in Elams Bolihus. And she was like, why don't you make something that we could sell? I mean, that's, a, that's a funny thought. And then I sat down and I, I, I made some some drawings and then Walter popped out of the paper suddenly and I, I thought he, he was a cute whale, he had something. And then basically I made him and showed him to some people, posted it on Facebook, say, hey, you know, guys, look what I made. And people liked it. And that was kind of the, the initial thing. I, I had a design that people kind of liked and then I thought, why not try to make it into a business actually. Why not make it the new monkey? That's the, the big thing within wooden designs. That's the monkey, the cowboys and monkey. And it kind of took off from there. And then it, it had this happy face. I had a very like good, interesting friend who was helping me. Unfortunately, he's not among us anymore. But he was also very creative about the whole process. And we started to make this concept about this, the tokens of happiness, because I had this whale and it, it made us happy, you know. And when you looked at it, it made you happy. I gave one to my brother. He was traveling across the States. And whenever he had a bad day, he took out Walter and looked at him and said, if Walter can smile, I can also find a reason to smile. I should also be able to. And that's how the whole thing developed with this sir Walter the happy whale. There's always a reason to smile. And then, you know, we started selling this token of happiness and people liked it. That was the most surprising thing, I think. Like, he made me happy, he made my brother happy, he made my friends happy. But suddenly I had strangers I never met before buying the whale saying, he actually makes me happy. We thought we really have something. So, so that, that was the original idea about the happy whale. And then I was like a little bit thinking, you know, you cannot be our one-hit wonder. Just to have one whale, you need more designs. So I sat down and I, I created this uh, the happy shark and some other designs that's on the way. And then again, the the whole concept developed because Waltz was out in the shops, but people kept asking, what is it? What does he do? And basically, I was the only one to tell the story, or you could follow us on Facebook or whatever. But if you just see it in the stores, you're like, there's a little brochure, but basically, says it's a happy design. And that's how we came up with the idea of why not make a book around, like surrounding the universe. I was talking to some mentors, again, via this uh, incubator program called Go Grow. They were also like, your most important thing is to create a universe. So we started thinking, how can you do this? And then the idea to the book was born. So that's long story short. (laughs)
0: Long story short. Okay. Imagine that um, you had a time machine and you could get into it and kind of turn back the time and do it all over again. Yeah. What would you do different?
1: It's a tough question because if I didn't do the things I've done, I wouldn't be where I am today. But if I should be a little reflective about it, I think more discipline in the beginning. In the beginning, I was playing around, you know, it's all fun. And honestly, it should be about having a fun time. But you should maybe also have a little bit more discipline than I have. Like looking back at it, the first years, two years was a little bit too loose, you know, so... If you really want to go out there, really be strict about it, follow your plan. And then again, people kept telling me, you need to kill your darlings. And I was like, I'm not going to kill anyone. You know, I have my happy whales and designs. But for me, it wasn't the designs. It was all the concepts. And you really need to go like, dig into the bone or what you say, cut to the bone to be both true to yourself, but also true to the concept. Because in the beginning, when you try to create followers, to create a brand, if you have too many ideas, too many concepts, people, your audience, your customers don't know what it is. So I think that that would be the the most important one to to have focus on it.
0: Yeah, because also when I moved to Denmark, I saw that uh, Danish people and generally all the Scandinavian design is also built around uh, these small figures. One of them are also behind you.
1: Don't tell anybody. I made it myself. It's a copy.
0: But uh, <laughs> that's how it started. That was before yeah. Walter. <laughs> uh, maybe could you tell me? Because I'm coming from a different country where I haven't seen these kind It's
1: a very things. interesting question. Like now now you're, now you're in Scandinavia here and you told me you're from you from uh, Latvia. Latvia. Yeah. My wife, she's from Minsk, Belarus. She's also from the eastern countries. And apparently a uh, little cute decorative interior designs is not a big thing over there, I heard. And I actually talked to some people about it. And they say for them, you know, it's, uh, they said, what's the use of it? It's just standing there. Why would I spend actually quite a lot of money on these things? But here in Denmark, uh, we're the cozy country. As my wife say, we're the very emotional country. Like we love to hygge, as you know, it's, it's a big brand. We love to have these little effects standing around us in the window shield, reminding us of happy things. Like you have, uh, as you said, these birds or the monkey, now the whale. They remind us of maybe a happy childhood or maybe your grandmother gave it to you. And I think we like to surround us by these things. And I actually met some, some guys, I think they were from Russia when we were in, in Tuli with our stand last year. And they've been in the country for three years. And they were also in the beginning, they were really like, we're never going to get all these little things and candle holders and stuff. But now they've been here for three years and they started buying this stuff because they say it gives such a nice atmosphere. You're building your home. You want it to be cozy. So. I don't know. It's it's a Scandinavian thing, but uh, we're still working on there. Like that's also like like we're not going to Belarus these first years, I think, because uh, their interior designs is not the biggest thing.
0: <laughs> no. Yeah. So it's a Scandinavian hygge thing. I think
1: so. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Because I also at home I have one of those monkeys uh, that my neighbor who was Danish. Yeah. Uh, she also gave me for Christmas that, and I kind of. Before I was meeting you, I kind of thought about asking the expert who actually produces one of those. Cool. As an entrepreneur, you've been already in this business of entrepreneurship, but you are now a mentor for others who actually want to start. So, is there any key activities? that you would recommend others to kind of achieve their goals.
1: Yeah, I also do speaks about this, and you say help, help others upcoming, uh, like new, hopeful entrepreneurs. I think the first thing is like really to, to build a network, to get yourself a mentor, to listen, and then to be humble. I know this from myself. I know it from everybody else you meet. When you, when you start up, you have, you have the most amazing idea in the whole world, and this is the one thing that's never going to fail. Nobody what else is going to tell you this is going to be amazing. But just try to, you know, keep, keep that, of course, that, that uh, focus within, like keep it with you, but also try to be a little bit humble and listen to people because if you listen and, and you stay a little bit humble, you will get amazing help from people. Like I never experienced this, like I was a real estate agent. There people don't help each other. They're, they're, it's survival of the fittest. But here in the entrepreneur business, if you let people help, you can get a lot of help. Like people are really excited to help you, get to give you ideas. But, but nobody likes a show-off. Nobody likes to help somebody who's already good on themselves. And no matter how good your idea is, I think you will come to a point where you need somebody else to help you, like a stepping stone or you need a contact to talk to the right person who will sell your products or whatever. And for me, it's really been so amazing like how this network can develop and how many good mentors out there. So, so that would be a very good advice. And then also, again, to, to stay focused. I heard so many others tell, like, like find a nice team. Like, it's really tough to be alone out there if if you need to struggle yourself because there's a lot of obstacles. There's a lot of let's call it what it is, fuck ups. And if you're a team to to carry these fuck ups, you know it's better. And also when you celebrate, you know uh, when you have your goals, you know it's super boring to sit alone and celebrate. You know it's much more fun to have the guys around you and saying we did it. So. To create the network and to listen and learn and then then build your business from there.
0: You mentioned fuck-ups. Yeah. Have you been to fuck up Copenhagen? Fuck up
1: nice, yeah, I've been there and I think it's an amazing concept. I think I wrote you also I was invited to speak last year, but then they had a fuck-up or something. So they were actually going low for a year or something, or a year and a half. But this is amazing because Honestly you sit alone sometimes and you're super stressed because you're, you don't think your web shop is working you're not like your designs are not where you wanted your production just got delayed by another 3 months you have no money left and then you go on Facebook or whatever these medias you only hear about all the good stories like hey you know we just got an investment of a million we just sold this we just launched you know you feel so alone but suddenly you go to fuck-up nights where people celebrate the fuck-ups and you're like ah you know on Facebook looks like we're a success but we're struggling with this and then that happened and you're like oh my god I'm not alone in this I I found my friends here you know it's an amazing concept and that's just the the first thought but then also you actually learn from it like that's, that's the whole idea you can have people saying you know Maybe don't go in that direction and maybe be careful before you spend 50000 on a web developer or whatever, you know. Just think about the consequences. So so I really like the, the fuck-up nights. And fuck-ups are fuck-ups. They're good. They're really tough. But the, what doesn't kill you
0: makes you strong, I think. That's also one of my favorite sayings.
1: I actually met up with a very, very good designer and artist once and we had a talk. And I told her, like, ah, I really wish, you know, because I have a friend he's really good at drawing, and I wished I would be much better at drawing because then I would be making much more designs much faster. And then she said, yeah, but actually I think it was Van Gogh or something, I can't remember, it was someone who actually sometimes drew with the other hand simply because it would be harder for him, so he would have to concentrate more. And she told me, like, since you really need to focus on your drawing, like, if you could draw the whale in just two seconds, you know, then maybe it wouldn't be the way it is today because you really, as I told her, I've been sitting like making 50 maybe illustrations and he said, that's how you put the love and the passion into it and it's the little slightest details what makes it what it is. So you should also embrace these little fuck-ups and these obstacles because that make you go around the wall or like look at things differently they inspire you to, to do things differently actually. So. Embrace them, even though they hurt.
0: <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with you, Martin, for these small details. Because, you know, that's why I also kind of, I also have this logo. And I also kind of put a lot of details exactly. in it. And I also drew it myself.
1: Very yeah, nice. A very nice logo, yeah. And you're more, much more Thank proud you. if you make something that you actually fought a little for. That's if it's true. too easy, it's like, I, you know, made the whale in two seconds, you know. Yeah, yeah. But now, yeah. you know, it's something you created. Spend a weekend before I thought it was nice, you know, and sitting up all night, you know, having the, all the details right.
0: Great. Before, you know, you were like, how many years are you in the business? Around like four, four and a half, like officially. Yeah. Okay. So if you kind of turn back the time you have, like, if you look back and then you have some things that you kind of can suggest others we call it I wish I knew before yeah. tips you know so what tips could you suggest or maybe what tips you have learned that you kind of
1: yeah I was thinking a little bit about this also here the other day and actually I think one tip could be uh, like not to be too naive it's always good to be a little naive and just to jump into it but actually not to be too naive because what you experience and what I experience also is like when you start up lots of people wants to help you and if they see a little fling of potential, they can be extremely nice to you and they can promise you the world. And I experienced this over and over again. And I'm I'm thinking here, four and a half years in, I really got some hair on my chest, or what do you say? I'm much more skeptical now because I can count in not even a handful the, the people who's been really authentic or who's really been walking the walk and talking the talk. You know, so many people promise you, as I said, the world. And when it comes to the end, they cannot deliver. And you also get to the point, like you end up saying, I'll just do it myself. So I don't want to discourage people because you also need to listen to people, of course, but just be maybe not too naive when they promise you something. And then also in the beginning, I was a little bit, and I heard it before also from others, you know, speaking of contracts, let's say we should make our, I actually read your contract here and it's very nicely because here we state a lot of things, you know, we have a podcast, everything can be broadcasted. In the beginning, I would be, who needs a contract? Like we're friends, let's just do it. But this is gonna bite you in the ass at some point, and and I really learned the importance of uh, you know having a strict contract because you're gonna need it at some point. And another thing, maybe something I also learned in the beginning, I was using my friends and I was saying using, but but they they wanted to help a lot. But you also need to think, and I'm actually telling this also to other people that I'm helping young startups. You should agree on a price. You should give them something because even though it starts out as a friendly deal, then then suddenly maybe you start making some money and then they come back and, and you know, it can bite you a little bit again in the ass. And I had some, some friends that I'm not friends with anymore because you know, we had, I think we had some super clear agreements and suddenly you see the business taking off and they wanted more, but we were like, but hey, you got handmade whales or whatever. Or, uh, you got a free dinner, you got free pizzas and, and everything. That was the deal. Like, that, that was the, what we had back then. So I think like it's important to to give your friends some kind of payment of what you say so nobody feels cheated.
0: I guess friends are always the best helpers, but you and, know. And
1: uh, actually, because you 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 told me a little bit about this question also in, in advance, and I'm thinking uh, things I'm happy I didn't know is how much work there's in it. Like it's extremely that uh, it's the crazy the amount of work you put into it. You work. Days, nights, you like how many times I've been frustrated because I didn't get any sleep and everything is a chaos and you just work, 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 work. So I'm happy I didn't know that in the beginning.
0: One of the entrepreneurs I also kind of spoke yeah. to, I yeah. haven't got to interview him. He mentioned that, you know, now you put a lot of time in the work you do and later on in life you rest. Yeah. So it's better to put now time and be yeah. passionate about it. And lecture exactly. That's also
1: what I hope about this to be free. Like you, you, you spend a lot of time now, but it, it hopefully grows. As I said, bigger than yourself. For instance, like uh, as a real estate agent, you're working your work hours, but when you're on a vacation, you don't make any money, like because you're not there. But as now, if if I'm on a vacation or if I'm traveling or something, the web shop is still generating sales. You still have retailers who's generating sales and. You know, it's nice to to know that things start to roll. So, yeah, true. Very much
0: agree. Great. Thank you. And uh, the last one, and this is more for you, Martin, is uh, where can people find your product? In this case, the Walter the Happy Whale and the rest of the...
1: Well, they can find them in selected their stores, uh, but the easiest way to find it is online, I think, to go online, designbyvit.com. There you can find Walter the Happy Whale, the other designs, and, uh, which is also nice, if you want to just read the book for free, go to the library. You can just rent the book, Also, the Happy Whale. So that's, uh, that's also a place to, to get in touch with Walter <laughs> and his friends.
0: So you have the book also in the yes, library? Yes, that was a
1: very big milestone for us, too, actually. I remember when I went to rent it myself, and that was a very different experience to go to the library and rent your own book. That was funny.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I used to love to go to library, but now, you know, all, everything have become so digitalized that, you know, I I start reading the book and then I kind of lose the interest in the book and then I close it and I put it back because it's more interesting to kind of open online. But, but
1: actually, I've I'd never been to the library. Like I haven't been to the libraries for 10 or 15 years before these guys took on in my book. And now I've been visiting libraries all over the country and I've, I'm very excited about what, how many things is actually going on in the library. For me it's also like, library sounds a little bit boring, dusty, but they have special events, they have uh, all the things you can rent. It's not only books, it's videos, games, you can use computers, you can do, like all, You can study there, you can actually have your workspace there. It's really amazing. So uh, I've been very surprised about how the library is kind of developed. So.
0: I can recommend it. I usually, when I need silence and the most silence I need when I edit the podcast, I go to libraries because in libraries, nobody talks and, you know, I can do my job and then I can listen to actually what this is because when it comes to editing, then, you know, you can hear voices and things that comes out that you don't hear it in a natural, you know, hearing. Do you have also a Facebook page?
1: On Facebook, we're also called Design by Wit and on Instagram, you can... Just, of course, look for Design by Wit, but the official site is actually Tokens of Happiness. Feel free to go in there. I'm also there myself as a private person, Martin Wit, so feel free to hook up. That's also like, if anybody wants some advice or something, you know, I'm I'm always happy to help to the extent that it's possible, of course.
0: (laughs) I thank you, Martin, for this lovely interview. I'll definitely take your links and kind of post it when I'm going to post the episode so people can basically thank find you. you, read more about what you do, what the w- Walter does. And uh, I also thank all the listeners who kind of stayed up until this minute. Likewise. And I hope that, you know, I really enjoyed talking to you, Martin, and I Likewise. hope that you enjoyed also me. And have a nice day. I have a happy day also. Goodbye. Goodbye.